Dragon Power! The adventure begins! Welcome to Nostalgia, a chronological exploration of every NES game released in North America. I'm Mike. I'm Sean. And I'm Joe. And guys, today we are talking about the hit franchise Dragon Power, uh, as it's known here in the States, but you guys might, uh, in Japan, know it better as Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball Z? You know what's funny? Uh, that's a that's a, like a, an important issue to bring up, too, <laughs> because we do know it better as Dragon Ball Z, because that's what came to America, like, first. Yeah. You know, Dragon Ball Z came first and was a huge hit in, on Cartoon Network, and then Dragon Ball, like, came as, like, a, well, if that one was successful, let's give them the prequel. Yeah, and then everybody uh-huh. that, that watches Dragon Ball acts high and mighty when they hear that all I've watched is the Cell and Boo Saga and that they think that I'm I'm worse than them. You've At least you're not bitter, the, though. You've watched the Cell and Boo Saga, but not Frieza? I got in late. Okay, no, because I think that's interesting because I, I wonder when you were watching Cartoon Network, if you could just tell me which specific days you were watching <laughs> Cartoon Network in like maybe like the 2000s because I grew up on... The Saiyan Saga versus Vegeta and then Frieza and then they went off the air for a while because they didn't continue with with the Cell Saga and everything and I missed the Cell Saga completely and only ever saw Dragon Ball Z again on the air like several years later when they were showing the Majin Buu Saga. Yeah, it was it was middle school. I remember seeing random uh, random Saiyan and Frieza Saga stuff, but like the whenever I saw. Episodes in order, it was Cell and Boo. And, and we're going to have more thoughts on, on Dragon Ball as a franchise, I'm sure, throughout this episode and maybe as like a post-show. But Joe, I thought that's just, what we wanted to talk about. <laughs> well, well, yeah, I mean, we're talking about the game. Oh, the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the game, which, uh, you know, if it hasn't been clear yet, Dragon Power has nothing to do with Dragon Ball. <laughs> Uh, Joe, your thoughts, though, on the Dragon Ball franchise? Uh, any familiarity uh, there? Yeah, I mostly watched the uh, Kablua saga, and then I watched a lot of the Garbanzo Chronicles. <laughs> um, but, the, the, first one, yeah, the first one gave me such a puzzled look. Yeah. I was like, I never even heard of that, but I'm willing to accept uh, it. Uh, yeah, the reason I'm quiet is because this has been a blind spot of mine. Uh, when I was a kid, there was this weird... When I would see it, I was I would always... Think to myself, wow, I would love that show. <laughs> and then I never watched it. I don't know why. Because <laughs> you, you, you were into Pokemon. I was into Pokemon. I and was, I feel like yeah. Pokemon, Dragon Ball Z, and like Sailor Moon are like three very accessible <laughs> Japanese shows for Western for audiences. For real otakus. Yeah, yeah. All right, that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> Uh, but let's just get into the development of Dragon Powers. This way we can start talking about the game. In Japan, it was released as Dragon Ball Shenron no Nazo, and that's because they weren't afraid to use the Dragon Ball name over in Japan. It, it, Dragon Ball had already been out for two years at this point, and actually already had a game made for it, but this is the second one. Uh, and they decided, like, well, the name's big enough, we'll just do this whole thing, and it covers the first arc of Dragon Ball, uh, the anime. It was made by Tos, who we know as like this shadow developer that develops a lot of games that we're only just now finding out about. Uh, but because Dragon Ball didn't come to the U.S. until 2001, and uh, the states really just got like Dragon Ball Z in '96, we get Dragon Power, which tries to remove the Dragon Ball references. But leaves in arguably the most important detail in everyone's head that the main character's name is Goku. <laughs> well, I mean, the name Goku doesn't isn't gonna make people confused. But neither is the name Dragon Ball, right? I think that people will get the idea of a magic ball from Crystal Ball sure. better than a Dragon Ball. That's true. And on top of that, too, Dragon Power sounds like like more of a martial arts thing, which if you look at the front of the box for this game, they've changed Goku from, like, a child <laughs> to, like, just basically a kung fu stereotype <laughs> of a guy wearing, like, a white gi, something he never wears in the game. And, uh, I, and I think, though, if they called it Dragon Ball, we would think it was some sort of fantasy sport. So, not uh, fantasy sports, but... I, know I think say, it was a billiards yeah, game. It's called Dragon Ball. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're getting so Luna many of them. Pool. We got Dragon Pool. <laughs> Dragon Pool would have been a terrible name. You're right. So, at least they didn't do that. 
I do think though that if you if you can check out the front box yeah. for a Dragon Power, it's pretty funny how that you know this is no better than Mega Man. Uh, or yeah, Mega Man. Sure, yeah, yeah. It's pretty bad box, <laughs> yeah. box art. Actually, you're right. But I guess I meant like remember how Chubby Cherub was actually like that other yeah, Japanese that series about ghosts, and yeah. they, they they at least took the time. And then, you know that was a Bandai thing as well. They took the time to be like, well, we should adapt this for a Western audience. And this one, they're like, kids love karate. I mean, we got Karate Champ, we have um, Karate Kid. So <laughs> honestly, this game should have been called Dragon Karate, right? Or just Karate. And you're you're probably wondering how, how in the world do you play a game like Dragon Ball when 2D fighting games don't really exist yet. You know, there is, there's no Street Fighter 2 on the market, and that's how we know Dragon Ball games today. And so just to give you, like, a brief overview, you control Goku uh, through these, like, top-down, I want to explain them, almost like Zelda-like yeah. stages, uh, but they're in a linear fashion instead of uh, open exploration. So you go through these 14 top-down stages, exploring all different kinds of regions, but you're apparently still on Earth, even though it's not our Earth. They do call it Earth. Uh, and you try to track down the dragon balls, or as they're referred to in the game, the crystal balls. Yeah, which which I guess does make more sense if you have no idea what the dragon balls are. Yeah, right. Uh, as I mentioned, gameplay is equivalent to a linear style of Legend of Zelda, and it consists of an overworld and caves, or sometimes just walking into people's houses, which <laughs> winds up being a thing in the Legend of Zelda too. So who knows? Maybe the Zelda team was watching the dragon ball stuff. And being like, That's good. Break into people's houses. Uh, and occasionally, for the boss fights, you will enter a traditional 2D fighter view uh, to face off against your opponent. However, this isn't really that refined compared no. to like later combat games, so we'll, yeah. we'll definitely get there. A- any other things that you guys think I missed on just like an overview of the game? Mm-hmm. I think you got it for like the broad strokes, right? There's a, there's a couple weird puzzle screens, too, that are also in that two-dimensional style, but whenever it goes two-dimensional... It it's really just taking away the fact that you can walk up or down. Right, right. everything else yeah. is the same. Yeah, there's a few levels that like almost look like Mario Bros. levels. Yeah, I was actually just Mario about to say Mario Bros. Yes. I think that's the perfect way to describe it. Uh, I only have a very quick tales from the manual uh, because it, the whole the we whole, can do a whole episode. Right, on we can the do manual. a whole episode on that. And guys, feel free to chime in what you guys think. But I just thought it was really strange how, you know, we're not talking about plot points from the anime or anything like that. We're not using their names. But it leaves in an important plot detail that you would only have ever known from the anime if you watched, like, the first ten episodes. And so it says in the tip section that Goku has to find Pudgy, who is Oolong, if you're familiar with Dragon Ball. And it says... But Goku can't tell who is a guy or who is a girl. That was the weirdest thing. <laughs> and it's like, that's very strange, right? But in the anime, it's established that he actually doesn't know. Like, he was never taught that thing. And so he always checks. He just, like, touches people's privates in Dragon this Ball. Is re- this is in the anime? This, this is happens? in the anime. He uh, touches them to find out if there's a bump. That's was how he it, knows uh, you're uh, Was this in the Funimation uh, version? Has it, uh, <laughs> has it know, aged that's, well, I guess? That's a great question. I was watching uh, the original Japanese when I when I was yeah. looking at it. So. I'm a dub guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, what's funny is you can actually mix, you know? Like, you can have now, like, the Japanese, uh, oh, like yeah, the original yeah. uncut, but with the, that stuff. So... I will say that I think it's still in there regardless because it becomes like a you'd have to cut out like a lot of important story beats. Yeah. But uh, of course that information is the only reason you would need to understand why you have to find Pudgy in this game because there's people with question marks and you need to figure yeah. out which one of them is Pudgy. But I don't think we need that detail. No, it's really no. strange. Um I I like that um it it's this whole section is it takes the the gameplay of the regular game, but then adding this weird like uh, amnesiac element to it. Like you don't know what anything you're looking at is <laughs> yeah. anymore. I, I don't know. We can get to that part when we get there. I think we'll have to make a like a sidestep <laughs> for terrible translations. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, but I I just thought that that was funny. The the whole manual does treat you like you know what you're doing, even though there's like you've like, watched the show. Yeah, there's no established uh, franchise here in America, so it is strange. 
Uh, Joe, any uh, tales from the manual? I, I think my overall, I mean, the whole manual is just, it, we, we've gotten a lot of like, bad, you know, poor translations and stuff. This one is just, some of it, I mean, you can sometimes figure out what it's trying to say, a lot of the times figure out what it's trying to say, but it, it just feels, the sentence structures are all, I mean, just read it. I, I, I don't even, I can't even pick out one sentence to like read. To yeah, you it's, that's it's like, sort of a low light for translation recently. It makes me yeah. wonder if they'd used like some kind of like early Google Translate That's what it feature. sounds like. It, like it's funny. It, that's a good, good way of describing it. And I don't know if you wanted to get into this first or into some other portion. But Bring us wherever you're taking us. So this game is much more story-focused than many that we've played before. Yeah, I, I think let's let's start there. Let's just jump yeah. right into the narrative because each chapter, or as they're referred to, but they're stages, each stage has like... An entire episode's worth of like you know <laughs> plot moments to cover and like things it to has do. Cut yeah. scenes. This yeah. this is this is a game that has cutscenes and but it's, don't get your hopes up on the cutscene. No, 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 please, please get your hopes up. <laughs> uh, it's it's sort of a comic book. Even that is saying too is giving it too much. Well, credit. you're That's saying what it calls that it in the manual because the yeah. manual says it. But um, yeah, it'll show two characters on either side of the screen while very like low key music plays uh <laughs> um we'll get into that later yeah. um and they talk to each other in the same broken english that is in the manual um and I'll we'll get into this again later but my favorite line is if we touch him we will become carrots <laughs> yeah which is just like everything in this everything in this that they've translated to english without telling you like you should have seen these episodes everything that they've done has just assumed that this is known knowledge think about the very first lines of dialogue where you have nora who's bulma. actually bulma say okay okay let's go on a trip and then goku responds how do we search you only know. Yeah. You yeah. only know that you're going on a trip. What do you mean? Right. How do we? And this search? is use this dragon radar. Let's go. And I, I'm just like, what? How? how what's this? The, where's the dragon radar? How do I use it? What? If, if you had no, if you had no background knowledge on Dragon Ball or Dra or even Dragon Ball Z, you would think that this was created by an artificial intelligence. <laughs> Use this dragon radar though does sound like I'm about to get a tutorial on like yeah, how to use yeah. that was the dragon first, radar. That was what to I spent my balls. first five minutes trying to figure out like how do I use the dragon radar? She said <laughs> no. use the dragon radar. <laughs> I was like, where's the dragon radar? I was pressing all the buttons. Well, did you think that you? Uh, this is a legitimate thing to wonder. On the very first stage, did you think that that was an open world that you'd be exploring and looking for the dragon balls? I mean, sort of. I I I, I did have a knowledge of like what. Your goal was in the game. I knew you were looking for the Dragon Balls, um, but I well, didn't really the, know what your Crystal to do. Balls. Oh, I'm sorry, the Crystal Balls. I, so, I didn't know what a Dragon Ball was. I did not think it was going to be open world, and the only reason I say that is because they sort of tipped their shitty hand in the manual in that they had to explain a level. Like it, it's always I've, I've never seen this before, where in a manual they're like, okay, just just to clarify something, then this part you have to do this. Like, make sure you do it the right way, <laughs> otherwise you're going to have a bad time. Well, you know when else they sort of did it, actually, is in Mega Man. Where they put in the uh, you're right, the, yeah. the magnet gun. They're like, hey, don't don't have to pick this up because you're gonna you're gonna lose. If you I don't. also thought that was a that was a fault in the design yeah, too. Yeah. So I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, well, here, here's a thought, right? When you when you hear that your objective is basically to find the crystal balls, right? Um, in a traditional NES game, what we would get is at the end of each level, you find another crystal ball. Like you beat a boss, get a crystal ball, beat a boss. This this game continues to like change the narrative on its head on the fly whenever it wishes. Yeah, and so you wind up like acquiring a few, then you lose them. You got to collect them all again in that. Well, level. you start uh, with four. Yeah, you already have four, which is like like you know there's seven, so it's like and this it, game's gonna be over fast. I mean, I guess it's an interesting use of uh of the UI to tell to tell parts of the story, but it sounds more like a slapdash effort to me. And yeah. Sean, I have to correct you there because you actually start with three, it's the and same the, the reason that's a no, it's important <laughs> because you have to understand that the way to get the fourth crystal ball means everything in this world because it comes back to our terrible translations part. Oh, I think this is more censorship than. Yeah. <laughs> so Hermit, who is Master Roshi, if you're familiar, he says uh, in, in negotiations for the crystal ball, he says, OK, give me your sandwich. 
And then Turtle, who is an actual turtle, so there's no reason to be confused there. He says, why do you and Hermit want it? Hermit says, quiet. And then Nora says, okay, here. And then shows a sandwich. And it's then, more like a triangle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a sandwich, yeah. Slice of a sandwich, you know, with yeah. the, cut, the, cut the edges. <laughs> so then she says, okay, here, will you give me your crystal ball? Hermit replies, Okay. <laughs> and then Nora says, we did it. This makes four. And that's how we know that they have four Dragon Ball crystal balls on them. What Sean is saying about the censorship part, would you like to tell us what that actually was? So this, I, I guess, was a scene in the anime where he just wants her panties. Yes, he wants to see her panties and in exchange, and keep my Bulma's 15. I think I had a misunderstanding about what the anime was up until this no, point. Okay, the, the, Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z are, are completely, okay. like, like, lewd. Oh, okay. And Dragon oh, Ball Z is, is the one you're thinking of when it comes to just, like, yeah, definitely 23 minutes right. of fighting yeah. and screaming yeah. the word ah over and over again. <laughs> Dragon Ball is actually like more adventure. comical. It's a slice of life uh-huh. thing. Advent- yeah, adventure is the best way to describe it. Still perverted, but it's an adventure. Yeah. Gotcha. Have you ever watched One Piece? No. Good. Uh, <laughs> so the next the next point I wanted to bring up is that, yes, it is the panties, but uh, there's also, like, with the with the sandwich thing, I, I'm actually okay with that with that swap. That, yeah, and yeah, it's funny. Without knowing what it was originally supposed to be, the sandwich <laughs> thing alone felt very anime. It just felt very, like... The, like the it, only thing that doesn't work is she sounds so indignant about the sandwich. She so really doesn't want to give it up. It's her lunch. She's on a cheese. She's going to starve. Okay, I'll grant you that. So did you find it weird, though, that, like, as you're going through the traditional, like, linear stages, just trying to get from point A to point B, that all of a sudden these, like, other objectives just, like, become announced? But there's no, like, UI for them. It's like, now the Dragon Balls are missing... So now you just have to go and find them. I lost count of how many I was supposed to be getting. I just kept going through doors until I found enough. But there's nothing there for that. But there's also, like, exploring the caves. It's, like, this whole new layout. But, like, there's no there's no real differences or anything like that. There's there's the finding all the carrots when when, <laughs> when people get turned into carrots. It's, like, these objective mission-based things happen every now and again. But there's no, like, indication of... How much to, there's no UI changes. Yeah, right. I mean you're you're right, but this is probably the most modern part of this game is like an adventure, a linear adventure with these uh, little self-contained adventures within it. Uh, the only difference is that games nowadays have uh, a little thing in the top left corner saying "collect this many." And yeah, yeah. The, the little mini adventures felt kind of like a filler episode in an anime to me. It was like <laughs> yeah. we've got the overall story, but then there's like this little episode where they just go collect carrots to get Nora back, or where all the stuff they've gathered so far gets stolen, they gotta collect it. It's like the and if you season touch finale, him, and if you touch him, you will become carrot. Yes, yeah, and uh, I think it like outside of it just not being communicated well that the that these changes are happening in your objective. I think, like, the way Rygar handled an adventure, like a big scope adventure where you go to different things and, yeah. and, and you know, handle different stages, that seems like it was working better, and maybe that's because of the limitations of the NES, that just seemed like it was flowing better for me than how this is yeah, flowing. Yeah, but that, that is, but I think in Rygar it was still, um, when you when you sort of changed modes, you were still, you still knew the gist of what you had to do, and that just moved to the... Like move in the correct direction, whereas I think in this game you're you have to you have to look around more. I don't know. Right, right. Yeah. Okay, no, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, Rygar is much more of a explore the overworld to find the stages. Mm-hmm. This one just drops you off in the individual stages, but the goal kind of changes yeah. depending yeah. on where you're at. Yeah, and there are some times where you are you get very familiar with the stage that you're on, but you're just like there's so many little doors and you mm-hmm. get kind of lost, and you're like, what, where do I find this one? I got to go back here, and <sighs> you're kind of running on borrowed time, which I'm sure we'll get into later. But it just makes the whole exploration aspect like. It's not fun. subpar. Yeah. And there's in the anime, there's this whole like Emperor Pilaf is doing this thing that, you know, he's trying to get the seven Dragon Balls as well. And, and that checks out in the anime because it's like foreshadowing that like Goku and Pilaf will meet and, and they're going to, he's the big bad at the end of the arc. In this game, there's no like cutscenes 
the comic book cutscenes that cut to uh, Emperor Pilaf saying his plan. So it feels kind of random when you get to like stage seven and all of a sudden you want to fight him. Uh, it, that's another part of this, like the story that makes me think that um, this game is designed for fans of the show and they're just there as bookmarks of like, hey, remember this? Now you're going to play that part. But now there's no context. There's no there's no material to, to pull from. So it, of course, it's not going to make sense. <laughs> so is the is the rabbit part of the show? Yes. Okay. I thought when I saw that, I thought this must have been something else, and they reskinned it for the American audience because we're not going to know what they're talking about. In in the Dragon Ball anime, the rabbit is in the show. If you touch him, you turn into a carrot, which Bulma does. Gets Nora in our game gets turned into a carrot, and then they have to figure out a way to turn her back, and then they eventually deal with the rabbit by putting him on the moon. Right, uh, so, both so in the anime out, and yes. in this game. Well, again, that's just uh, that's just written by it's artificial very, very intelligence. Final Fantasy VIII. <laughs> yeah. And the bigger thing, though, is that after stage seven, after you defeat Pilaf, stages eight through fourteen are completely original content that have never been on the show. And I think that that was an interesting direction. For, I had no idea. Well, you don't have to, uh, <laughs> but I think it's an interesting direction for a franchise to go is to be like, well, there is existing content, but what if we just made up our own story? <laughs> Isn't that what they sort of started doing with, uh, didn't Dragon Ball Z end up having to do that at one yeah, point? Well, yeah, with the the games and the anime. The anime is different than the manga a yeah, little bit, yeah. and then GT happened, and that's not <laughs> canon at all. Uh, so it's not, it's not the first or the last time that they've done this. That's absolutely true. <laughs> and, and there's a checkpoint at stage seven uh, because you have finished an, uh, an arc, so that if you ever die in stages eight through 14 at any point, you'll just go back. To stage eight, which I think seems appropriate. So what happens at the end of seven? So I'm glad you asked because <laughs> um, as as people in the uh, people who are fans of Dragon Ball would know, at the end of seven, you do gather all seven Dragon Balls and Shenron comes out. Hence why the so, game is called. So Sh- level seven is also like in the show. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stage seven is in the show. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, levels one through seven are completely canon. No, I meant. Okay. Continue. Yeah. And uh, Shenron shows up and actually says, "Well, I'll grant you one request." And you're like, "What? Really? For real? Like, I'm gonna get? I'm gonna actually get to like make a wish?" And you actually get four choices. I think this is the coolest part of the game so yeah. far. It is interesting. But but the choices are are very strange. So when when you're when you're given your choice, you're given four choices after the stage seven, and then four relatively of the same choices when you get to stage fourteen. Uh, the stage seven choices is to move the dragon in the title, which will just now the Shenron or the, the dragon, as it's referred to in our game, will just appear on the title screen. He'll just like kind of like slinky his way through uh-huh. the title screen. Does that save? No, it's only if you if, <laughs> if you look, ran out of lives and had to like get back to the right. menu screen, you'll see Shenron now instead of wow, the, you got the what Easter a egg. treat. Yeah, so instead of just the Dragon Power logo, <laughs> then the second choice: see the future. What do you guys think that does? I don't know. I was waiting for you to tell us. Well, I didn't it lets you like get it. a look at the upcoming levels, stages eight through fourteen. Just a look. Just a look at them. You can't play them. You don't get any, like, <laughs> real, like... You just, like, see the overworld of you them? Just, uh, uh, no, it's more like... Um, screenshots. Yeah, like, <laughs> screenshots and, and description of, like, what will happen. You know, like, like, Shenron telling you what will happen in the future. Like, you're going to go up against this army of, uh, like, a militia of sorts, and you're going to have to deal with them, and you're going to have to go into this kung fu tournament. So there's that. Then there's power-up. The only useful option to wish for. <laughs> this upgrades your power to 250, which we will definitely uh, get yes. into when we talk about uh, gameplay. And, of course, the final option, I want the sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> which, if you, cut, if, if you pick that, it cuts to Hermit in the center of the screen with eight sandwiches floating around in a circle around him, which would only make sense if he said, I want the panties and have the panties floating around because the screen is like glowing red. He's clearly like blushing. So why would he be blushing Uh, about sandwiches? This is our, our, our most, our most NSFW episode. Yeah. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Well, what's weird is, is like, there's almost a temptation to say, I want the sandwich because here's the thing. You, you get those four choices 
move Dragon in the title, see the future, power up, I want the sandwich, right? <laughs> they don't tell you what they do. At least you with know, like the, the fourth manu- one. The manual didn't even really yeah. say it. Yeah, at least in the fourth one, you, you know understand. you're getting a sandwich. And, and in <laughs> yeah. the game, if you collect a sandwich, that increases your speed oh. for a little bit. So maybe you think like, oh, now I'll always be fast. Yeah. But if I saw See the Future, I'd probably click on that and be disappointed <laughs> that I didn't get to see my yeah. future. It's got an interesting, uh, like world building element to it where you're like you feel immersed in it in your in your, with like, your imagination oh, I actually get but, to make the wish yeah but yeah. uh but it doesn't really amount to much that's I always, useful. Want, I always wanted a fairly odd parents game where the basic mechanic is is that it's like a boy in his blob where like <laughs> everything is contextual but you can only achieve things by Cosmo and Wanda making the wishes like a you know, scribble like, knot sort of thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. exactly and then I, you know i think like Dragon power coming very close on the NDS with four wishes. Uh, <laughs> Pretty close to scribble nuts. But of course, it's not over once you do the seventh stage and get the wishes there. You have to go through eight through 14, which are a series of like kung fu tournaments and then an originals arc against like. It's a, like a year later. Yeah, essentially. It actually, it, and that makes sense because in, you know, in That's the anime. The right. In the anime, <laughs> he goes, at the end of the Pilaf saga, he goes to Master Roshi's to train and meets Krillin there. And then oh. him and Krillin. Uh, fight in a kung fu tournament, but it's a, it's a lot different and it takes a while to get to that point. Uh, and then instead of the Red Ribbon Army, which is in the anime, we fight some other army that I didn't care to write down the name of because they're not canon. <laughs> so you, you defeat them and then you defeat uh, a mech version of Pilaf as the final boss that comes out of nowhere. <laughs> and finally you're like, okay, cool. I got the seven Dragon Balls again. What could the wishes possibly be this time? Well, I'll grant you one request. I keep saying that because I think that's such a weird thing for a uh, like a dragon to say to you. I think anything's a weird thing for a dragon to say. You know, but if if it's like a genie, you know, it's like it shouldn't have like some kind of like like limerick or something. <laughs> that's very like Tolkien dragons. You know, I just I thought maybe that would happen. Just so, wish for a paperclip. Here are your here are your options. Uh, move dragon in the title. Uh, so I guess if you selected that already, definitely don't select that because it does not add a second dragon to the title. Uh, continue game, which will just start the game over from stage one with your score keeps growing. I want her sandwich, which oh, shows her sandwich. Yeah, yeah her oh, sandwich, wow. okay. which shows Hermit floating with sandwiches. And then, unfortunately, I couldn't find out. What happens when you actually select this last option? Because, uh, well, I couldn't figure out what happens in the Japanese version. But the final thing is get hamburger. Now, if you're saying I want her sandwich and that means panties, what does get hamburger mean? Get hamburger. I only ever saw him with a hamburger because we had the English version. I looked up the Japanese one. Nobody ever selects who, who plays it on YouTube. No one ever selects get hamburger. Oh, wow. So I have no idea what could happen. I don't even want to speculate. What is hamburger a dog whistle for? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I couldn't even imagine. Get hamburger. Anyway. If anybody knows, let us know. Yeah, if you yeah, ever find out, us. for sure. I think it's time that we start talking about some real gameplay stuff, though. Can I just mention one yeah. thing that I feel like we may glossed over a little bit? After you, after you get your first wish, the levels get a little strange. You go to space. <laughs> you go under water. They just get they, before well, they all seem to be like progressing, and then you're in space. You put the rabbit on the moon, so now you have to go That's to true. space you to go deal get with them. You can't yeah. breathe. You need to, right. you need the <laughs> yeah. oxygen, and then you have it. But like, anyway, why did they mention that? <laughs> you can't breathe. Use the oxygen tank. All right. Well, the gameplay is starting again. Dream logic. It get, it doesn't get just to be clear. It doesn't get weird in terms of like the gameplay getting any stranger. It's just like yeah, the regions have right. just gone bizarre. <laughs> and so, if we can talk about the gameplay, uh, let's talk about just overworld combat for a minute. The big thing in the room that we have to address, which Joe hinted at, is the constantly depleting health system. Yeah. This is this is the weirdest decision, I think. I, I, I this was for me personally the, the most frustrating part of this game. It, it's yeah. like, you, 
you lose your health obviously by getting hit, but also constantly, like I feel like per second, you're losing one health. So you have to constantly be looking for for HP ups or whatever they call them in this game. But it's food of of any <laughs> sort, I believe. But yeah, I don't. Was did they think that this game was too easy, and then they had to add an extra layer of difficulty to it and make you just always be poisoned, pretty much? Yeah. Like it's it's like almost having. Instead of numbers, it should have just had a timer there, being like you have yeah. three minutes left in this game, and then it goes up as you collect, like collect time watches. <laughs> yeah, but it's, because it's, then you could be low on time and not about to die if you get hit once. Exactly, of time. Yeah. it's yeah. doubly effective because if you get hit, then your time goes down. Like that would that would be even worse. Right. Yeah. No, I I agree. And and so yeah, it, it's basically it's your health bar which does constantly go down. It's meant to be a nod to Goku always needing food because he's always hungry and it is kind yeah. of mentioned in the manual that like he has to eat food and stuff like boy. that but i fail to see why this is necessary in this kind of game because you already have like fairly long stages uh, for what it's worth you have enemies that do dish out a lot of damage specifically the bosses which are pretty much just brute force fights mm-hmm. you're bound to be losing hp no one's going to make it through this uh, you know who's playing for the first time or the first couple of times no one's going to make it through without getting hit so there's no there's no shortage of like losing health maybe they should have just gotten rid of the food element altogether because there shouldn't have been a way to like collect more hp in a stage maybe it was like this is your HP for this stage, and since the next stage is the next episode or next storyline, you'll have all your health back we again. We presume that you've eaten since then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But instead, we get this uh, system of constantly depleting health that I actually thought was like I was poisoned or something yeah. at first. Because when you're finally down to like your last seven or eight HP, there's nothing you can... It's just a matter of time. You will just drop dead. If there's no food nearby. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that... It really discourages exploration. And not that there's like a ton to explore, but these are moderately open areas that I didn't feel like if I knew where I was going to go, I'm going beelining straight there because I I don't have time to look at anything else to go fight anything else. Unfortunately, though, you will have to explore if you want to find enough food. (laughs) Right. Right. You're basically scavenging uh, is your only is your only option. I I think that this system would have. If they had to, to, if they had to incorporate this hungry Goku thing into the game, it should have been, it depletes until you can only take one hit. And, and then maybe you would be able to navigate yourself and find the food again. And I, I, this is only a half measure, but it would have at least cut down on some frustration. I, at least in my opinion. Yeah. The exploration thing, though, too, is kind of weird because if you look at the manual, it doesn't leave anything out. So you, you know everything to expect in the game. So even when you find sometimes like a hidden cave or go into someone's house, there's only a limited amount of things you can ever experience yeah. anyway. So, yes, you have to do it because there's food, but... Uh, you know, there's really no like reward system other than that you must keep exploring to keep finding food to keep yeah. increasing your health because without it you'll die. There's nothing unique in any of these secret areas. Uh, and that's why I, in a lot of games that have like secret areas, I'm always sort of disappointed because it's not like there's anything fun in these areas or anything unique. It's just here's some points or here's the food that you need to get through the rest of the game. So it may, it may as well be uh, mandatory. <laughs> and when you say secret area, do you mean mysterious secret scene? Mysterious secret scenes. Yes. Okay, yeah. I didn't know what you were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> the manual has a, has a beautiful way of describing things. Uh, and then there's uh there's two additional like item power up things that you can get. The, the magic pole, which is something that's iconic in the Dragon Ball franchise of his his pole that extends as far as you want it to, as, as far as to the moon. Because that's how he puts that rabbit on the moon in the anime. As far as the plot requires. Right. Uh, and, and I like the magic pole in this game because you get it uh, appropriately in like a story beat and then from there you can find it. And I think it has enough range that you're not taking as much damage yeah. anymore. Fists are a tough range thing yeah. where you have to be pretty close to the enemy. And even then, I still felt like sometimes it just wasn't connecting. But with the magic pole, I, I was able to kind of like jab at things from far enough away, especially in the boss fights. 
Yes. Yeah. It, it, even with the magic pole, though, I think the, maybe not the hitbox detection, but the hitbox, its method of telling me when I've hit something was, was still kind of off. There were a lot of times where I'm like, am I close enough? Am I hitting him? There's like a little flash. Yeah, a little, the little like, flash. I, I was okay with that feedback. Um, I still think that this game has, a, um, well, like when you get hit, really bad. Um, the, the way that it handles that is really bad in that you don't get any invincibility, I don't think. Nope. Cause you'll I th- just keep taking damage. You just keep taking damage frame by frame by frame. And I don't know, I forgot what the last game that did that was, but I, it infuriated me then and it infuriates me now. Yeah. And, and to, just to backtrack, I shouldn't say that it's hard to tell if you hit something because there is a little flash on the screen. Yeah. But it's hard. It doesn't feel like you've hit anything. There's no, that the enemy doesn't react at all. Yeah. And it just feels like if you're going to go hit something, you're probably going to also get hit in return. At least that's what I felt well, like. Well, the biggest thing, and this happens, it's it's in overworld combat. It's in boss fights. It's because there's no knockback at, at yeah, all. Right. They're, they move. They don't move at all. They stay completely stationary. So even if the flash registers... If you throw like three punches pretty fast, there's a good chance that you might see like two flashes, not all three of them, because it doesn't necessarily like say like, well, we're in the middle of this flash, so we got to make sure that we compensate the next like pat back pad them or something like that. So the the system there is really strange, and I just I'm, I I don't think like a health bar on enemies would be the way to go. <laughs> But it is kind of weird how like how some of these enemies are punching bags. Yeah. yeah. Um and it, I could never tell which because they all are just different colored weird shapes. Do we know what these enemies are? No, I I honestly have no idea what the first couple of enemies are. I know what the bosses are because they're recognizable, but the the enemies themselves I'm like I don't really think Goku ever fought anything like that. <laughs> they look like almost like Dinosaur meat insects, yeah. people, and in, I, maybe each color has a different amount of hits that you need to take care of them. But it, it seemed like a complete crapshoot to me. I definitely think color had to do with it, and that's like a that's just a thing in games. Yeah. But but it, it seemed weird that there was no like, oh, you have the magic pole. This one now only takes one hit. Like yeah. everything took at least three, and some things took as many as seven. Mm-hmm. So I thought that, I thought that was strange. You get the wind wave, too, when you finally get to the point where you have to put out the fire. Um, because the only way to put out a fire is through the wind wave. For those of you that have been following along via Dragon Ball knowledge, this is the Kamehameha wave. That's Kamehameha? Yeah. It didn't look like Kamehameha. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of crazy. But also, like, you know, let's first let's talk about how this is executed. But also, like, I'm curious, did you guys even wind up using this that much? I didn't know. No. So, so I think you, he's at once. <laughs> you have to hold down B and A at the same time. And then, like, depending on your luck, I guess, like, if you release A, you might start seeing yourself, like, form the wind wave. And then when you let go of that, then it'll shoot it. This is really great in, in like, a boss fight. Because in a boss fight, you're on a 2D plane. So as long as the character, the enemy that you're fighting doesn't jump... It's a bound to hit. The problem in the overworld combat is that this takes a while to trigger. Everything else on the screen is moving. Yeah. Your health is depleting. <laughs> and when you shoot this thing, you also have to line it up because it doesn't like connect with whatever's directly in front of you. It connects with whatever's going to be in front of you at that particular time. So I rarely connected a wind wave with any uh, enemy in the overworld combat. I also uh, watched a couple long plays of this game, and I think I saw them use it twice. It doesn't seem to be a very popular method of fighting either <laughs> among and, the fan base. And it's definitely a reason for why there are no one-hit enemies in this game, because the wind wave solves that, but yeah. I just don't think it's worth it no. to perform. If combat wasn't hard enough in the overworld, now we have to deal with the boss fights. And the thing that the thing that strikes me off here is that there's a way to do this correctly. But because we all like have the future sight of everything else that's going to perfect this, we I guess I really can't expect things like 
you know, like nice health bars at the top or, uh, like a, like a strategy to get around your opponent and stuff like that. So do you mean that it has, that there's a correct way to do this in theory or there's a correct way to do this in this game specifically? In theory. Okay. I see. Yeah. Um, the, the, this game seems to go by the philosophy of just make it take a lot of hits and make it attack you quickly. That's pretty much their their entire philosophy for boss battles because I think they were all kind of the same in that regard. There's no, there's yeah. no real AI yeah. going on here where later enemies are any harder than earlier enemies. It's just more hits each time, which is a frustrating mechanic because personally, you know, the first boss that you fight is only easier than the very last boss because it just takes less hits. <laughs> but in terms of strategy and stuff. All of them kind of just require you to, you know, hit whenever appropriate and otherwise be as far away from the <laughs> yeah, boss as that's possible. exactly what it is. I, I did mostly run up, hit, hope I'm going to hit because I can never tell if I'm close enough where it's going to hit. But if I miss, it doesn't matter. Either jump over or run back because yeah. – and then I usually ended up – I usually get to the boss battles with pretty low health yeah. because of the time thing. So then I usually die. And it's not like this is just a – uh, a product of its time. We've already seen games that have variations between bosses and uh, uh, difficulty fluctuation in bosses. Like, this is a thing that has been proven people can do already. You could argue that Mega Man is more of a 2D fighter than this boss fight mode. You know, <laughs> like, each one of them has a health bar. You're going around the arena. You know, it's 2D space. You're now, do you, do you actually, because you've mentioned this a couple times, that it, it's sort of going for this 2D fire, fighter thing. I, I didn't even think that it was going for that. Interesting. I thought it was just, we're going to take away your up and down axis for these fights. It just made me think of like Karate Champ yeah. and, and games of that nature to feel like a one-on-one -on -one duel. And so that's okay. why I say the, the 2D fighting thing. Because it, it feels like, and maybe it's just graphically, it feels like it's there, but there's no implementation of it. Yeah. You know, I'm seeing everything that tells me like, you know, if I didn't know better, this would have an entirely different control scheme where you can actually, like, grab your enemy and yeah. throw them over. Block. Or, like, do it, yeah, block and do, like, some special combos. But instead, you don't get to do any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think it's, like, for me, this is the most disappointing because you're just stuck basically brute forcing your way through these battles every single time. Yeah. It's not like... And then you know this after a couple boss fights. It's not like, oh, now I'm fighting Yamcha? Good thing that there's this thing that I can do where, like, he's going to do his wolf fang fist from the show, you know? And you can and I, counter and I, that. Yeah. Right, and I can counter that doing this, you know? There's not even, like, a creative gameplay solve where it's like, oh, in this one, there's platforms. And so you jump around the platforms. It's like everything is exactly the same at all times. There's nothing to jump over. There's nothing to deal with. There's no, like... Hidden trick to dealing with the, the bosses. You just punch them enough times and they'll die. Everything is the same at all times. Everything is the same, same as it ever was. <laughs> we didn't really talk too much about the, the caves and going into houses and stuff like that, but... You can do that. You can do that. And it's mostly like smash things or kill all the enemies on screen if you're in houses and, and, and yeah. that kind of thing. Or if you're in the caves, which are also 2D... Just break blocks until you happen to strike the right block, which could happen very early or mm -hmm. very late. It could be the last block that you destroy <laughs> in the cave. And, and those will give you keys or Dragon Balls. Yeah. And you go collect That's the cool. Dragon Ball by just walking over it like you would in any game. And then uh, it 11 waits. or 12 seconds later, you've collected it. <laughs> I don't know what that was supposed to be. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> there is a, there's like a sound cue. So maybe it was like playing something. But, but I you still like, control your character yeah. until you don't. Until it, like, yeah. it disappears and that means you've gotten it. But like you have to once you touch it, you have to wait like 10 seconds. <laughs> it's very strange. Uh, I, don't, I don't pretend... To know what they're going for here. You know? <laughs> this seems like the entire reason that this game ever made it to America was because they looked at the market and said, well, it's different than every other game on the NES in in terms of, like, how it plays. But it also has that karate thing going for it. Yeah. So that karate was hot karate in 88. Karate sells like gangbusters. Yeah, I mean... 
What what doesn't uh, have karate? In, what what wouldn't have karate in front of it that would be better? Like the Legend of Karate would be so much better than the Legend of Zelda. You're right. <laughs> yeah, that's and, why I don't like it. Right. I, I don't Legend of Zelda sounds. You, you're you're curious now. Yeah. Who's Zelda? Who wait? Karate hockey. Balloon karate. <laughs> Mock karate. Karate, karate, karate junior math. Karate junior math. <laughs> Honestly, sounds like a real like DOS game. You know, like something that you, you would actually have done. Like it's like Typing of the Dead, but instead of shooting zombies, you're 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 doing high kicks. Yeah, there's yeah. like a math equation of like four plus three, and then you have to destroy seven wood blocks. You know? <laughs> anyway, we're 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 drifting. So uh, I will say that that's pretty much gameplay for me. Does anybody have like stray thoughts that they wanted to announce? I didn't like the jump. Um, okay, worth noting. Yeah, yeah. I think the jump felt fine, um, but it gives you so much air that you would think you could jump over some obstacles, and then you would also think that if you could jump, that it could be used in attacks. But there's no jump attack. Like, am yeah. I, am I right have, about that? Yeah, you're yeah. right. There should have been like a jump kick, and that would help a lot with uh, taking as taking that much damage. But it, you know, it's not there. So jumping is really only for collecting things that are that are like floating. Yeah. So I'm not really Which sure isn't why even that often. Yeah. Why is why does it exist? I don't know. Well, every game has to have a jump. Have you played Super Mario Brothers? <laughs> have you played Legend of Zelda? <laughs> I, I did actually often forget, especially on the overworld, that I could jump. Yeah. And I was doing a lot of like dodging around things. And then once in a while when I remembered the jump, I was like, well, I guess that's kind of useful. Oh, okay. Like, so it, you it, did it, find it useful. It, I mean, only a few times when I was like, oh, I forgot about it. it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah. Like, it kind of gets me to move a little quicker. Okay. Uh, oh, and and in terms of the translation, is it terrible enough that it's now funny to like play through and see it, or is it not even worth that? I think it's funny. I can see like underneath the bad translations that there's like they, they, they throw some jokes in there. We don't get a lot of jokes in video games. You <laughs> <laughs> can see that they're like trying to be anime, even with the not that this is what we're talking about, but even with the expressions on the characters' faces and like. But, I mean, that was that is a a Bulma mouth like that that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I thought that, so. Was the question? Is the bad translation funny, or is the question, is the writing funny behind the bad translation? Is the bad translation funny? Yes. Yeah, I wasn't yes. answering the, the same question. <laughs> okay. but, uh, right. And I guess, like, you know, because a lot of people will play, like, games like Ghostbusters on the NES because the end screen, like, the, the final card is just terrible text. It's like, congratulations, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. like, like it's just, who didn't, how did they miss that? This is a whole game that offers that. Yeah, so I guess no, I'm wondering is like and it what, feeds it. Yeah, yeah, and it, I think it's appealing enough to like <laughs> if, since you get that after each story, it's almost like that's what you're unlocking is more ridiculousness. Yeah, well, I, I felt a few times like it, it was reminding me of times when I found an old notebook from when I was a kid and I had written some story, <laughs> but like my grasp on like sentence structure wasn't fully there yeah. yet. Like a lot of it and like. Yeah, that coherence. Was, a lot of it felt like that. Aside from my thoughts that this was ri- that this was like one of those jokes of like we fed, uh, we fed this computer all this Batman and made it write a script. Like we fed it one thousand yeah. chapters yeah. of Dragon Ball manga, yeah. and this is what I came up with. But other than that, it also felt like a um, like a really bad fanfic. Like uh, if you've seen. Um, the the Half-Life 2, like, Freeman uh, video. It, it felt like that, where there's just all these really bad translations. It, it's fun. It's it's fun to poke fun at it. Yeah. yeah. The translation choices are also strange, too, though, because it's like, you know, why why change Bulma to Nora? Because Nora's a normal person's name, but yeah. then you leave Goku <laughs> as Goku and Hermit? Hermit. <laughs> like, why wouldn't Hermit be, like... Some kind of like Mr. Miyagi yeah. like type thing instead. Just name Herman. Yeah, Herman. <laughs> that would have been fantastic. You should be writing translations I know for I early NES games. Uh, that's very specific. But oh, well, one last thing. Yeah, one yeah. last thing. Okay, so another thing that adds to the comedy is that um, the music in this game uh, fluctuates between two tracks for the most part. Um, which is a couple bars of an up an upbeat action. 
uh, song. Oh, they've heard it by now in the in the in the episode, yeah, and I actually I would... think I should have been cruel and played it a few times because it's <laughs> every you, single stage. You did, didn't you? Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, it's every single stage, and I think what's so funny about it is at first it is pretty catchy because it's like upbeat. It's like you know, like and that, that's, that's it. pretty that good. That is the song. <laughs> but that's, that's the it. entire loop. But then, like. It'll, these random moments, not random, but it feels random. The random moments that you go into the uh, the story cutscenes, it it completely changes gears. It's kind of spooky. It, to just like, well, actually, just just play it now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sure I played it. And um, I think just the change in tone, coupled with the terrible text, is it, it's a treat. I think you will enjoy it. Yeah, but I, I'm actually surprised that we haven't talked about the music until this point because that <laughs> is the only music. That song, when you go into when you go into a cave, it starts over. When you yeah. pause it and unpause it, it starts over. And when you listen to it for one and a half seconds, it starts over. <laughs> if I'm being honest, I muted this one. <laughs> I muted this one and I just put on like some nice music that I like. Uh, actually over it. So. I blasted it the whole time. If I'm going to hear it, my roommates are going to hear it. That's funny. It's my ringtone. Yeah. Um, that actually would be a great ringtone, though. Like, that's <laughs> yeah, something I can get used to. Yep. Everybody should uh, just, you know, grab a cold one, sit back and relax, because anybody who's a fan of Dragon Ball knows that we have 48 Dragon Ball games to go through right Do now. Do not list them all. <laughs> I will not list them all. Okay. I considered it, actually. I said, how do, how do you digest a franchise like Dragon Ball? And do you count things like cameo appearances or do you count like his secret unlock in super smash brothers do we do we count like the original movie and the uh vhs in north america that had a disturbed track as two different releases i i would i i I definitely would in fact i would even count like the dragon box dvd series (laughs) and the season you know breakdowns as different releases because the dragon box is an objectively bad box set that sells for a ton of money so i think there was also yeah, exactly. I also think there was one that had a Slipknot song too. So that's that's new as well. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I mean, Dragon Ball was one of the you know like that and Final Fantasy VII were pretty much like all the rage in terms of making your own like uh, fan made music videos. <laughs> yeah. You know, like that's what you would go for. Uh, let's talk about some sequels and spinoffs. So uh, I mentioned that there was one game that came out before this one, and it was not on the NES. It was on the uh, Super Cassette Vision. Uh, it was only what? released in Japan. Uh, it's called Dragon Ball, the Great Unexplored Dragon Region. Now, these are literal translations because I'm not going to try and destroy the Japanese language. Okay. Uh, but this it is pretty the, well. Yeah, this is the first Dragon Ball console video game ever released. It was developed and released by Epoch, uh, and that happened in 1986. So just a year before this, uh, two years before this one. Uh, it came out on the Super Cassette Vision, as we talked about. And uh, it is the only Dragon Ball game not produced or distributed by Bandai or Namco Bandai. All future, all 47 games after this. Wow. Bandai Namco is all over that thing. They've held on. But you're probably wondering, what could the first game have been, right? Like, what could be different? Well, it was an overhead shmup uh, with Goku on the Nimbus Cloud uh, shooting down enemies. Okay. So there was no story. It was really just like play as Goku on a Nimbus cloud going through a traditional schmuck. So, yeah. Then we have <laughs> Dragon Ball Great Demon King's Revival. This comes after this current one that we just played. It comes out in 1988, and it says, you know what? This whole action-adventure format, Legend of Zelda ripoff, whatever you want to call it, it wasn't working out for us. And we need to change things drastically and turn this into an RPG card game board game. Okay, I'm interested. <laughs> yeah, you better believe you're interested because this game is available with fan translations. Uh, you can play the entire game. And just so anybody who's curious about any of these games in our show notes section, I'm going to link every single one of these games along play. 
Is this uh, a Famicom okay. game? It's a Famicom game okay. released in 1988. You play as Goku going around a board through the um, the Piccolo saga of Dragon Ball. Oh. And you, what you land on, well, you know, sometimes you'll get new cards. You'll get, um, you know, like uh, fights, into fights and stuff. And you have to play the card game afterwards. So when you go into a battle and then you select your cards and then it actually shows like cool, you know, uh, 8-bit graphic <laughs> fights using okay. with the cards you used. So it gets stale pretty fast. Yeah. But the idea of like, I'm choosing all my fight actions and then it's playing off as the cards like come at each other. It'd be like watching a Yu-Gi-Oh fight <laughs> where like they fight in real time after you lay down all, all your moves. <laughs> Joe Piccolo cool. was a, a green man. I remember Piccolo. Uh, yeah. Wasn't he Dragon Ball Z? Or was he was he also in Dragon Ball Z. I remember yeah. the green guy. There was like a pink he's guy evil. that turned people into chocolate. He's evil <laughs> in Dragon Ball. <laughs> am, I, am I crazy? That's true, right? There was a chocolate guy, yeah. uh, but he got turned into chocolate. Oh, is that yeah. what it was? That Majin Buu turns people into cookies and chocolate. Okay. Then uh, in 1989, this is just so you know, this is the new norm, okay? So in 86... We got Dragon Ball, uh, the Great Unexplored Dragon region on the Super Cassette Vision. Then we get Dragon Ball Shenron Nonazu in 87 for Japan. Then we get Dragon Ball Great Demon King's Revival, which changes it to the RPG card game board game in 88. That's a game a year. Well, in 89, we're due for a new Dragon Ball game. How about Dragon Ball 3 Goku's Story, which is, again, taking the RPG card game format, and it does everything in Dragon Ball up to the Piccolo Saga. So the first game was like, oh, you know, you could just play the Piccolo Saga. Now it's like, imagine if you could play everything in Dragon Ball up to the Piccolo Saga. Then in 1990, we get Dragon Ball Z, The Assault. Dragon Ball Z? Dragon Ball Z. It's done now. 1990. Dragon Ball Z, The Assault. It's an RPG card game, board game, (laughs) just the Saiyan Saga, and it ends at the Great Ape Vegeta battle. So like... Pretty much the end of the Saiyan Saga. 1991 comes around. They're looking at like, oh, what can we do? Well, we have this RPG card game board game. Let's uh, let's just do that again. And we get Dragon Ball Z 2, A Fierce God Frieza, which does everything up to the Frieza Saga. You guessed it, 1992, Dragon Ball Z 3, A Violent Battle of Artificial Humans. Uh, it's, it's everything up <laughs> we to did the, guess it. it's everything up to the imperfect cell saga. Okay. But things are about to get interesting. I am just like glossed over it. Like I'm just, just like glossed <laughs> look at my face. Nobody can do a just, pop quiz yeah. on this. But uh, trust me, things are about to get interesting because the card game board game format is working. Every single year they're making new ones and it's just basically like, you know, it's like this, this is year's the Madden. Roster. Yeah. yeah this like, is the Madden. Of- <laughs> here's the newest arc of Dragon Ball. Now you can play it. Right. Well, they take it a step further because they released Dragon Ball Z Gekito Tenkaichi Budokai. Budokai. Yep, we all know Budokai. We also know Tenkaichi. Yeah. That's another thing that they do. Yeah, yeah. Kind of know no, that no, one. yeah, we know all those. Know yeah, we all, everyone knows that stuff. <laughs> In 1992, this game comes out, same year as Dragon Ball Z 3, but it comes with the Famicom exclusive peripheral, the Detach Joint ROM system, which allows. <laughs> <laughs> the user at home to scan Dragon Ball Z trading cards, you know, like via, like, remember the like, e-reader like the, yeah, yeah, like, on like Game Boy Advance? Or something? Yeah, you scan them, and then they, they're they now your cards in the Famicom game. <laughs> I had game. no idea that this was possible. That's very really first cool. microtransactions right here <laughs> on your Famicom. Uh, and what's weird is there's barely even any story. You just scan the cards in, and then, like, it's like they're a combat simulator. Huh. Oh, my. Yeah. So very strange, but there were, you know, seven Dragon Ball cards to collect. I don't know what happens when you scan them all in. Maybe you make a wish for a hamburger. <laughs> but Please it, tell me we're we're, we're we have one final one, okay. and I'm stopping here because it's the last NES slash Famicom game. Okay, it is Dragon Ball Z Gaiden: Plan to Eradicate People of the Saya. and this comes out the next year, 1993, which means that from 1986. To 1993, we got a Dragon Ball game every single year, and it's the it's the RPG card game thing all over again. No scanning. However, this time it's an original story. Wow! Oh, yeah, it's a Gaiden game. Yeah, it's it's a Gaiden game. But here's the crazy thing: 
the original story that was in this game then gets to become the first OVA release. A year later, they do make an original video animation of that same story. Oh, that go that like you can that you can watch now, so you don't have to play the game; just watch the, the story. Now, any of these games, do we play them, or are these all Famicom? All Famicom. Okay, thank God. Yeah, they, they. We won't see. It'll be another three years after Dragon Ball Z Gaiden that we'll finally get Dragon Ball Z in the states. Okay. We should probably talk about the fact that Dragon Ball Z games are still being made. Um, there's that Dragon Ball Z Kakarot game uh, that's well, the, like open world. Well, what's the Omniverse? That's yeah, big right Xenoverse, now. Xenoverse. Those, Xenoverse. Yep, Xenoverse is though. There's those two. There's Fighter Z, <laughs> right. which is well, exactly. That's, that's a big esport now. Yeah, that's exactly what I was looking for in this game. I was hoping we could have gotten an early <laughs> Fighter Z in that boss fight. Wishful thinking. And then there's the Budokai games, which were really fun and silly fighting games where they were like, yeah, there's like 300 characters in this one. <laughs> no, we didn't balance this one. <laughs> but we can't talk about all those because this section would go on forever. You guys look at it, I didn't even include like interviews with Toriyama about like <laughs> this stuff. So let's bring it to the essential games list. Joe, you're only allowed one vote. You either vote <laughs> wait, you either vote <laughs> essential or not essential. So, with that in mind, Dragon Power. We're not talking about Dragon Ball. <laughs> Dragon Power. Essential or not? I think it's pretty obvious that I'm not going to vote this one essential. Uh had too many little issues to I hate the uh descending health bar uh, a lot of other little things wrong with it but i do want to say that it it looks clear to me that that they tried it's not it, <laughs> no but like i'm not even saying that in a, like in, in a condescending way there are a lot of games we get where it's like wow they just wanted to release anything they could any garbage they could release on this, this console to, to sell it seems like people were passionate about this they, they missed the mark on a, a few things and it makes the game you know not a great experience but I appreciate that they tried to implement a story and have like you know an open world and do things a little differently. I, I'm I just don't want to I just don't want to go without saying that like there's clearly passion involved in this. They had a lot of ideas, didn't really come together probably the way they expected. And people will be begging for this game after they play six card games in a row. You know they'll be like, please give me another top-down Dragon Ball Z game, uh, Sean. Please give us your vote. Also, you only get one. See, I'd like to circle back to that real quick before <laughs> I give my vote. Um, I actually, uh, at, the, at our next Best Of um, uh, conference, I will be bringing up the idea that maybe we should have an electoral college sort of vote <laughs> where, uh, depending on how many episodes you've been on, that's how many votes you get. You um, joke, but that sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually found a hidden advantage. Steal a vote idol. Yeah. That I'm going to play on Sean and steal his vote. Uh, it's not, not, not a thing you can <laughs> Does do. Watch Survivor? <laughs> anyway, uh, in regards to Dragon Power, um, I don't know how passionate the people were uh, making this game. I, I mean, yeah, they, they, they did their due diligence to an extent. Um, at least the Japanese developers did. <laughs> yeah, sure. That, I mean, maybe the localization team yeah, wasn't. I wouldn't but... call that passion, but I guess in terms of the story, like this is a pretty in-depth story for a video game in 1988. So I'll grant them that, but the game itself is garbage, I... and I am going to say it's not essential. Uh, hey, I'm not disputing that the game no, is not good. No. I'm saying it does. It doesn't seem like a game I... that they just. Shit out like Joe, some other games we've got. Joe, all I'm saying <laughs> is I think that passion is a little bit of an overstatement. <laughs> ah, right. Yeah, I think we agree to disagree. Okay, passion can can create can mislead you terribly. It could. <laughs> and as far as I, because I can't put this in the essential games list. Uh, as far as I feel about this game, uh, Dragon Power has one thing going for it. It is a better Deadly Towers. Okay, you this game has a lot of things in it that are very similar to to Deadly Towers, but without all of the confusion of like, wait, what floor am I on? What room <laughs> am I in? What's my current objective? Like this one lays it all out for you. I like that it made it linear and said like, hey, just do what you can today. You know, like like, like digest it however you want. You only want to get to the third chapter. There's a story right there. You made you got four <laughs> Dragon Balls and and you're done. You know, like the. It feels nice that everything kind of wraps up at the end of each thing. It feels like there's progress actually being made. Whereas, like, 
when you when you eventually get to that point where you give up on Ghost and Goblins, you don't feel like you've actually succeeded in anything because the only goal was to get the the you know the your yeah. princess out of the castle. So like you know there was no fulfillment in like well at least I beat three stages you know yeah. like th- in this one it feels good to do that. I will say that if you're looking for something like this, uh, if you play this one and you think like, hey, that's a pretty cool idea though for a Dragon Ball game, highly recommend the Legacy of Goku games on Game Boy Advance. They're pretty much just like this, except for they also have like RPG elements to them. And I think they're fantastic. So there's two of those. Definitely play them. And lastly, this game is not a total failure because Dragon Ball Z Connect exists. And uh, that was a Dragon Ball Z game that was made specifically for Microsoft's Connect, And everybody always dreamed of just doing a Kamehameha into their uh, TV. But somehow Connect managed to fail. So it didn't uh, with like, that register? No, it's just it didn't so... Didn't try. Yeah, and there's a point just, where you realize, oh, I'm just waving my arms. <laughs> right, I can yeah. do that anyways. You could do that regardless uh, in any of these. Anyway, there's 48 Dragon Ball games. I think Dragon Power has the right idea by starting off with The Adventure Begins on the back of the box. Because truly, The Adventure does begin. But does it ever really get any further than beginning? <laughs> no. I feel like even as I continued to play this game, I noticed I was playing more of the same. I never really felt like I was growing. I never felt like I was becoming stronger as Goku. Where was my power level? It was not over 9,000. And so for that, this game is not essential. That's all the time we have for you this episode. You prepared that statement, didn't you? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I had to get it in there. That's all the time we have for this episode of Nostalgia. Join us next time. We'll be playing Ice Hockey, which is very similar to Dragon <laughs> yeah. Power, I've been We'll told. get back to video games the next episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it, I could have said Ice Capades. <laughs> you know, that would have been Ooh. weird. Uh, we're not going to do any of that stuff. Basically, instead, we're going to ask... No, no, we're going to do... We're going to play ice hockey. Oh, we are going to oh keep playing video games. We're going to keep playing video games. Absolutely. And you're going to keep writing into us. Uh, if you write into us, you can do that on our website. You can do that on Twitter. You can do that um, snail mail. You can do yeah. that however you like. But don't put the envelope on an actual snail. Like, you're not supposed to tuck it between his the part of his body that rises and the hard shell. Don't we, do that. We do congratulate you for uh, meeting the quota... Uh, for amount of fan mail that we get to make us keep doing the show. Yeah. Uh, we're actually raising the quota to 45 letters or emails um, by next month. And if we don't get that, uh, then we stop. The most important thing is that you recommend the show to your friends. We get so many people telling us they love it, but they haven't ever wrote into, written to us saying like, hey, I'm telling all my friends. So like, if you want to send yeah. an email just saying I'm telling all my friends <laughs> – and leave the body of the email blank. That would be great. Sell yourself out. <laughs> yes. And we'll sell out for you. Uh, I'm Michael Esposito. You can find me at Esposito Film on Twitter. And I'll talk to you soon. <laughs>